What's good, y'all? Welcome to the Ray Infinity Show podcast. This is episode number 128. Today, I got a guest on my show. A guest I'm not, you may have heard of, you may not have, but I think he's a really interesting guy. I've been following him on Twitter for like past, for a little time actually. And I think he's actually a really interesting guy and um, he's actually a candidate too to run for Congress. I got Trent Leasy. Is it Le- Leasy? Uh, correct me. Lysy, yeah. Ly- Lysy, that's on me. Okay. Uh, Trent Lysy. How you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show, Ray. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, hey, like, hey, every episode I do now, I'm trying to get a guest on because, like, I'm, I just find that the flow of my show works far better when I have a guest on. So, yeah. Great. Yeah, so um, uh, could you explain to the, to the audience who you are, man? Yeah, my name's Trent Lysey. I am running for uh, Colorado's 4th Congressional District. Uh, the seat is currently held by the Rhino Kenbach, who actually has made the decision to retire after and not seek re-election. And a lot of that has to do with uh, the pressure that we were putting on his um, campaign uh, because that guy, you know, fell off of his rocker. Um, you know, I, I'm a Colorado native, uh, born and raised here where I live and spent some time in the military. I'm a small business uh, owner in agriculture. I hold elected uh, position here in the county I live in. I've been on the school board and, um, you know, I've been spending the last several years fighting for parental rights and uh, fighting against the COVID mandates and really pushing back on the Rhino establishment here where I live. So it was an honor to enter this race when I started to see that Ken Buck wasn't representing myself, my family, and the constituents here in CD4, and and uh, was the only and the only America First candidate in this race. And I'm just ready to work with my campaign's a grassroots campaign. Uh, it spread, you know, throughout the whole district, 21 counties, and got people reaching out to me left and right to to really walk walk uh, the streets, door knock, do those kind of things. So this is truly a pure grassroots campaign, and. We will be successful because of that. And, you know, people are looking for America first and they're looking for people who looking for a representative who will put their interests before, you know, illegal alien flown over the southern border or Ukraine or uh, any of the other overseas uh, countries we give money to. So this is an honor to be joining this race and, you know, we'll get past the finish line. So how does the campaign really work? Like, um, do you just like declare your, your, um, your, um, your running and then it goes from there or how does that work? Is there anything more that goes into it? Yeah. So, I mean, really the, 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 for me, I've never really liked Kim Buck. I live in the same hometown that he lives in. Um, you know, so I've always had the thought in my mind for decades, you know, oh, I want to run for a, a national office. And so, it really was this summer when I started like noticing like, okay, this guy's really becoming unhinged. Mm. And it really started with his support, staunch support of Liz Cheney. And so, you know, it's just kind of one of those, I didn't really form an exploratory uh, committee. I just, you know, kind of just took the pulse of the district and, you know, met with some people and just talked about, hey, this is what I'd like to do, thoughts, you know, and I had people give me their honest opinion. 
And really what it came down to is that, you know, we just, you know, we really need somebody who talks about the fact that the election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020, actually support and endorse Donald Trump, you know, talk about, you know, the, the COVID situation and I'm an anti-vaxxer. Um, and so that those things weren't being talked about and it was all about Ukraine. It was all about Liz Cheney. And so in October, I just made this decision. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. You know, I just, everything I'm all in, you know, kind of like at a poker table where you just throw everything in the, in the middle and say, I'm all in. And that's how it was. And so I filed with the FEC and then I put out my announcement. I had Vernon Jones come out. He, he was gracious enough to come out to my uh, uh, kickoff um, announcement. And it's just blown up from there. So, um, you know, when you're under attack, you know, you're doing the right thing and you know, you're under the, uh, over the target and we're just going to continue to fight and push through. Yeah. So like, um, you've also, also, you mentioned president Trump there. Um, and like you told me beforehand, we started this, you actually met him multiple times and your profile picture on Twitter is you and him. I believe that's some, a, a gala of some sorts. I believe I could be wrong, but that's how I think it, what I think it looks like. And, um, has he actually endorsed you? Has he? No, he has not endorsed me. I mean, I, I would welcome his endorsement. Um, I, I hope and pray that it'll come uh, at some point during this race. Uh, there has been a little bit of conversation uh, with him about it, but, uh, you know, the guy's pretty busy and active on what he's doing right now with fighting off the fake news and all these ridiculous um charges that he's been that has been thrown his way so hopefully at some point i will yeah i've met i've met him three or four times and uh i've been to oh my gosh i can't tell you how many events i've been to where he was he was speaking but he's a he's an amazing man he's a kind man he is very generous with his time and really what i've come to know with him is that he just he really loves people and he loves talking to people and he loves fixing things and you know his act of kindness is far more than I've ever seen from anybody in my entire lifetime so he's a good man and I support him 100% and he really is our rightful president uh, and he will be our, our rightful president again in 2024 so yeah that's yep mm-hmm so, like, um, with your campaign, are you like in the lead so lead so far, or, or is there someone else involved? Like, like, what's all going on with that, actually? Yeah, I would say, I, you know, just taking the there, there really hasn't been a lot of polling. I just kind of take the gauge of people that I talk to, and I would say that you know my message is resonating deep with people because you know they're starving for a America first candidate and there's not one in this race. There have been some other people join the race, but it's been after Ken Buck uh, stepped out. I, I entered the race while he was still uh, in the race. And it's just because I'm not seeking a seat. This is such a safe conservative district that, you know, it's been advertised as, Hey, whoever wins this, you're going to be in here for the next 20, 30 years. If you want to be, you know, as long as you do the right thing. And, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just looking to help be a soldier in, in Trump's army when he gets to when I get to Congress to help him because <laughs> I mean, he's had to fight the deep state and the rhinos and 
and the left all four years that he was in. And, and so that's really what I want to do. And well, as you know, and I know supporting him, his policies, you know, are, you know, they, they flourish within our district. And so, you know, I would say I'm probably the front runner in this thing, just because I'm the only one that talks about Trump election integrity, you know, what happened with the COVID situation. And so nobody else, no, none of the other candidates want to touch that. And so that, you know, I do, and that's what's resonating with people. Yeah. And so you're running in Colorado, correct? Correct. Yes. Which, which district? Uh, Congressional district four. So it's, it's the, basically the third uh, Eastern part of the state. So it encompasses 21 counties, very rural, very agriculture, but it's a very Trumpy district compared to, you know, I mean, Colorado is a very blue state Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, the politicians that are, that are at this down at the state legislature, as well as our governor and the policies coming out of there. uh, Horrendous. But, you know, when you, but when you look at just Congressional District 4, um, it is it is the most conservative district in Colorado. Good. So that means you will have a strong chance of actually getting there. Because um, if that Absolutely. is one of the most – if that's one of the most red, like, um, conservative areas in the state then, then, like, um, an America First Trump kind of candidate would have a g- good chance of winning that. Absolutely, yes. And and that's what people want. And, and when we launched our campaign – and, and I, I've, you know, being a native from here, having family throughout this district, I mean, it spread like a wildfire that I was entering this race. And anybody who's known me for decades knows that I have always admired Trump, even when he was on The Apprentice and, you know, the whole, um, you know, when he was even thinking about running while Obama was still in office and, you know, when he announced, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to save this country, you know, in 2015. And, uh, you know, and so I've been a staunch supporter ever since, you know, the whole time and never wavered once. So uh, I'm, you know, some people call me fake MAGA and I'm like, you know, t- give me proof that I was and then we can have a conversation. But um, yeah. in my opinion, he's will go down as one of the best presidents of my lifetime and probably in this country, which is why, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I announced on Twitter that I would introduce legislation to put Trump on Mount Rushmore right next oh. to Lincoln. So, yeah. I've been tweeting about that, like, well, not yours, but I've been saying we need, uh, if, once President Trump gets bit within a few days of his inauguration, one of the first thing Congress has to do is send a bill to his desk that would allow him to be added to Mount Rushmore. Yes, yes. So, there's one more spot. There's one more spot, and it's like Trump. He needs to be on there. Technically, there's two more spots. Is there actually. two? Okay. There's one yeah. on the on the right of Washington, and one on the to the left of Lincoln. Yeah, and mine would be. I mean, little, my, my, my mistake. My mistake. One to the right of Washington. One to um the uh, the left of Lincoln. Yeah, my mistake. Yes. Yeah. 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 Check I'm, out the Twitter post. I can send it to you so you can see. But yeah, I. I I think he needs to be on there. I mean, this guy, you know, what he's done in just a short time, just the four yeah. years that he was in yeah. office, it's like. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think so. all, because all four of those guys that are on Mount Rushmore, I think, in my opinion, are great presidents. And I think Trump's mm-hmm. up there with them, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you know, look at what he's done just in the four years of trying to hold and keep this country together. 
and uh, you know, getting us through rebuilding our military, getting us through the COVID crisis that we funded. The United, you know, Dr. Fauci funded. Um, you know, we. But he'll do it again. I, I have theories on that. I think um, someone else was in his ear trying to trying to get him to like um, um believe more of what this stuff was. I'm not going to say who I think it was, but I have suspicions of who it is, though. So yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I just don't think it's good to, to say who I think it was, though. But Yeah, well, we all have our speculations, but yeah, I mean, yeah. well. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but me personally, I would have Trump at, at the four, as the fourth best president in U.S. history, in my opinion. Yes. The yeah. only ones I would say were better than him were Washington, Lincoln, and Jefferson. Those are the only ones. But then again, yeah. those those were different times, though, because right. there were there were situations going on in the world that it just wouldn't be possible to top any of them. It mm-hmm. just wouldn't be possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I I, I kind of compare Trump more to Lincoln than I do the other ones, just because you know I just feel like you know, especially during COVID, it really kind of it, it was just such a divide in the country. And, you know, now with the Biden regime and what they've done, you know, it's like we're already at World War Three, whether people want to admit it or not. And, you know, it's going to Trump's the only one I know of that is, I mean, face it, everybody knows, hey, he's going to be the nominee. These other people in this debate, they're just name recognition, I guess. But, um, you know, to me, he's the only one that I believe can fix the fix what's going on. Yeah. Did you watch the the most recent debate? To be honest with you, I don't because I just don't waste my time because I know Trump's going to be the nominee. Um, and so, you know, I just to sit there and watch all these people bloviate and tear each other up. That's great. Uh, I just I, I don't waste my time doing it. Uh, I have, you know, campaign staff members that will say, hey, this was said or that was said. And but me personally, I don't waste my time on that. So. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm not well, I'm not sure if you heard then on Twitter, but Vivek Ramaswamy destroyed everyone on that stage. Literally. I did hear that. Yes, yes, I did hear like, that. Like so. did you see the meme the, the the most recent meme where he hold up that sign of Nikki equals corrupt? It's just yes, become a meme yes. now. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, and then there was one where he had Donald Trump's face or mugshot on his piece of paper or something and <laughs> I saw that one and then Trump posted something about uh um Chris Christie yesterday, so it was it was pretty funny, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, do you think um, there's? I've I've heard rumors, but Trump Vivek could be one of Trump's VP picks, could or at least be someone in his administration. Do you think that's a possibility? I think that's possible. Uh, I know that some people want RFK Jr. <laughs> no, and so I'm not a fan of that. I know that I've been at events before where he's talked a lot about Tim Scott. Um, he's, he has a lot of high, you know, he's always, he's talked about Tim Scott a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could see him. I don't know if, I don't know if I could see him as the VP, uh, but I, I, I could see him a part of the administration. Like this is what I, when I talk to people about this, it's like, you know, we Trump has to put himself in a position that his VP pick, has got to be somebody that can carry on his legacy. And we in this movement, especially the America First movement, the people, the MAGA, we have to be able to believe and trust that that person is going to 
continue to carry on because Trump knows like there, this isn't just about him. This is an entire movement. And so, you know, he's going to have four years again. And it's like, okay, so, you know, we just have to make sure who, you know, I hope that, and I know he will, I mean, uh, he will hopefully find a, a great VP pick that can carry on his legacy and carry on, you know, his fight. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that was Mike Pence, you know, that he could do that. But, man, he showed us what a coward he was uh, by certifying that election um, and, yeah. you know, the, the fake election. So I, I, I you know, we've talked I've heard Ben Carson is somebody that's been thrown out as yeah. well. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, really, I mean, you look at the playing field and it's like, who is at the Trump caliber or at least close to it? that can, you know, really carry it up. Maybe it, maybe it's Vivek, you know, maybe it's him that can, that can do this, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's got his, you know, his people telling him, but hopefully he's listening to the right people. Uh, sometimes he doesn't listen to the right people, but uh, hopefully he's listening to the right people on this one. I think it should, this is just my personal opinion. This, not anyone else. This is just me. I think either Vivek or Christine Nome would be the would be great. Well, and even Carrie Lake. I mean, Carrie yeah. Lake would be. You don't but, think so? No, I would love her. But here's the thing. She, I think here. This is something that I do, I don't want to admit, but it's true. The people, the, the the regular people that are just that they don't pay attention to politics whatsoever, they hate Carrie Lake more than they hate President Trump. Far more. That's true. Really, that's true. That's so true. So she. So she. It, he, Trump just—he would have a much lower chance of even winning if he had Kerry Lake. Yeah. Believe me, I wish he could have Kerry Lake. I would love that, but it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, Christy Nome is a, is amazing, and you know, I know lots of people in South Dakota who would love—they would hate to see her go, but man, they would love to see her as the VP uh, nomination and, and pick. And so, I, I think I don't. This is. This is going to be incredible to see who actually does this, but I, I agree with you. She she would be, she would be yeah. right up there as a great pick. The reason I picked those two is because Vivek, because this is particularly a lot has a lot to do with strategy. Because Vivek would help Trump with the younger generations, like mm -hmm. my generation, like I'm 21, I'm a young guy, um, but I'm already a Trump supporter no matter what. And then um, because Vivek would help with that because he gab like if you notice after the debates. Vivek went down with older people, but skyrocketed with younger people. So, yeah. Well, and that's a great point that you bring up because my campaign staff and I, we talk about this all the time. And so, you know, because I've been criticized for for having, you know, Gen Zers on my campaign team. And it's like, this is this generation is going to save this country because they love Trump. They seen what he did you know, from 20, from 16 to 20, you know, and they, now they've experienced the Biden uh, economy, the Biden regime and, and how stark difference it is. And I really think that these Gen Zers are going to be one of the, you know, the generation that really steps up and, and puts Trump over the finish line. And, you know, it's like, I, I'm in conversations with people all the time that are frustrated because, the Republican rhinos, they don't want young blood in this and because they know the young blood don't like them. They know that, you know, the young blood doesn't, you know, they, they, they want America first people. They want, 
to make sure that their country is there for their generation. And right now, they're Amer- they know their American dream is under attack by the liberal policies and this open border garbage that's going on. And now what's going on overseas. And they see that the left hates this country. And, you know, that, I mean, they, if you look, I mean, if you go to any event that, you know, is catered towards the younger generation, I mean, there's, it's packed. I mean, I I can't tell you how many rallies and how many events I've been with, at, with Trump. And I mean, it's like at least half of it is young, is young new voters or people who will be eligible to vote for him. And so it's just, it's great to see that enthusiasm and it really that, and the media doesn't want to talk about it, of course. And, you know, the rhinos don't want to talk about it, of course, and they want to suppress it as much as they can. So it, you, you bring up an amazing point on the age, on the age, because we're seeing it, we're seeing it uh, unfold. And, you know, I mean, what, why wouldn't anybody want to tap into that generation, make them a part of this? Because, you know, they're going to, they're going to be a part of saving this country. Yeah. And, and like I'm also with, with Christy Nome, it would, be, it would be strategic too, because Christy Nome would help tr- President Trump with the suburban women, which that's been yes. his main, his, that's been one of the main things that um that has been hurting him, the suburban women vote, because Suburban women go vote heavily Democrat for whatever reason. I still can't figure it out why, but for whatever reason, that's where they go. But Christy mm-hmm. Nome, with her being a woman, particularly from even though she's in a rural state, she I think she at least at least can appeal. She would be someone who appeals to like those to the women, and that would help Trump yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think so, so too. I you know it's I mean. Um, I don't think Trump's like you know Biden who says well she's got to be a woman of color and all this garbage, you know, that he's came out and said why he had to pick uh, uh, Harris. But yeah, I, I mean, Christy Nome is a phenomenal governor. I mean, if you look at her record and, you know, she's gone after the NCAA hard, you know, for the for the transgender garbage that were that's being shoved down everybody's throat these days. And so, you know, the, the people love her up there and, you know, she's she is you know, really operated on a budget that, you know, she's been able to give money back to the people and lower taxes. And, you know, she's a phenomenal governor. And you're right. I mean, you know, she's one that I think could carry that stick after Trump's done and continue that, continue his policies. Yeah, Uh, she's she's an amazing woman. And yeah, I would say with the women, it's just, you know, look, when I talk to women, they say, I don't like Trump's tone. I don't like his style. I don't like some of his behavior patterns. But it's like, would you rather have him over Biden? Like, come on. Like, you know, you everybody's hurting. You know, they're the ones hurting because they go to the grocery store and they're the ones buying the eggs and the milk and the cheese. And, and they're seeing that, you know, the cost is astronomical. And I hope that, you know, with... Yeah, with a great pick like Christie, I think that would extremely help him uh, get over the finish line. I, I think it's, but again, we got to have vote. We got to have uh, a voting system that does. It's not rigged. So, um, but yeah. me, I think it would just depend on who, on um, which one do you value more? Do you value young younger generation more, or do you value suburban women more? Mm-hmm. And also another thing, no one um, talks about: who do you want to see debate Kamala Harris more? Would you rather see debate her? 
So that's gonna that would pl- that plays a part in it too. Well, and, and either one of them would just tear her apart. So yeah. So I, yeah. I would think. I mean, look at uh, Mike Pence did. I mean, look at what I mean. He he tore her. I, I think I thought he walked away from that. Other than the fly that was flying around in his face, I thought he walked out of there. Um, you know, as the winner of that debate. So uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but also everyone's been talking about rumors that Tucker, he's going to pick Tucker for his VP. Because, like, you remember when he was at the UFC thing a few weeks ago where he came out with Tucker, where Trump came out with Tucker, Dana White, yeah. Kid Rock, Don Jr., and all that? Like, yeah. And, and they walked out to American Badass, too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that, too. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't see him as the pick. I, I just don't. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I know at one point he was anti-Trump and now he's not. And so, and I, I think, you know, he had a change, so I'm, I don't hold that against him, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get the feeling that it's going to be him. So I would like Tucker, but the thing, the thing is, I think he, he would be, it's better off where he's, what he's doing right now, because I think that's more important in my opinion. I do too. I, I absolutely do too. I mean, I could see him, I'd love to see him be the press secretary because I think he would tear all of them apart. But yeah, so I I think he's got an amazing platform and I'd hate to see him walk away from that because people really do tune in and watch him. And he's very popular, very, very popular. Yeah. Yeah. But although I think I would, I would prefer Laura Loomer as the press secretary actually. So yeah. And like even Don Jr. Suggested that if you didn't know. Yeah, I knew that. I, I, I knew that. So I, I don't know Laura that well. I just kind of see what she posts and stuff. So yeah, I'd be think interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and she she's even she's I would say she's the best journalist out there, at least the ones that gets out there into the field, I should say, because mm-hmm. I still I, I think her and Tuck, she she's not on Tucker's level, but she's she's probably would be the next year right after Tucker, in my view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I just would like her to see her go. I think she spends sometimes too much water in the too much time in the weeds. Uh, I think sometimes she attacks, you know, the wrong people. But I'd like to see her go more at the left. And yeah, I'm fine her going after DeSantis and all that whole garbage all day long. Uh, I, I just well, I think sometimes, you know, I'm like, mm, should we be attacking this person or should we not? You I know, it's like, um, but you know, I, I don't know her that well, and yeah. I've only met her for a couple yeah. minutes. But I think know. we, I think it's a good thing that she's going after DeSantis because he oh, betrayed absolutely. Trump. He betrayed Trump, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And my governor Kim Reynolds betrayed Trump too. Oh and, my gosh, yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked when. I mean, why did she do that? Like, what was her reasoning behind that? I don't know. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Neither of them would be, would be governor if it wasn't for Trump. Neither one Absolutely. of them. Absolutely, that's what doesn't make me. It doesn't make any sense because when I look at people who have, uh, you know, who Trump has really put out there as, you know, good people. Take Jenna Ellis's example, and you know she came from nowhere, and now she was on his legal team helping him, and then she turns on him. I mean, how many times did she go back and forth turning on him? You know, and, and so you look at, you know, all these people that wouldn't 
be where they're at today. Look, Ron DeSantis is the perfect example. I mean, Ron DeSantis wouldn't have won as governor if it wasn't for Trump. And so, you know, for him to just turn on him like he did, and then the way he talks, it's like, go put more lifts on your feet and and ride off in the sunset and, you know, give this country back to the people. Yeah. DeSantis would have lost to a drug addict in Andrew Gillum if Trump had not endorsed him. Yes, that is 100% correct. (laughs) That just goes to show you that um, DeSantis, the only reason he got in was because of Trump. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know, uh, you you watch um, Patrick Beck David's show, um, Valuetainment, ever? I, I do once in a while. I don't. I'm not a regular watcher of it. So yeah, he DeSantis went on a show like about a, about a month ago, I believe, and like mm-hmm. because they wanted because Patrick Bed David wanted to have a conversation with them, and mm-hmm. Patrick Bed David asked him point blank, "Would you point blank would you have won if Trump had not endorsed you?" And DeSantis said he would have won regardless. So no, he wouldn't. He wasn't even close. He was at the bottom of the polls and. By Trump endorsing him, I mean, yeah, he would have never been governor. So, yeah, he said that um the because like um when tr- people voted against him because they hated Trump and because Trump's mm-hmm. endorsement is what why they voted against him, which I find that to be complete bullcrap because I don't believe any of these exit poll things that are that are shown. I don't buy any mm-hmm. of them whatsoever because their intention their the, their intention is to just um keep people bickering with each other. That's the, mm-hmm. that, in my opinion, that's what the whole point of polls there, just to keep people yes. bickering with each other. Yes. Oh, I agree too. You know, it's, um, I agree too. The f- fake polls, you know, I, you know, you got these polls coming out now with Trump 50 points ahead. And, you know, I think he's a clear front one runner, but uh, yeah, I mean, DeSantis wouldn't be where he is today if it wasn't for Trump. You know, I, I hate to see, you know, I'd love to see uh, Matt Gates as the governor. I think, you know, he's contemplating running, but I, I just I'd rather see him in Congress and uh, helping fight alongside alongside Trump. Would be interesting, too, because Matt Gates, in my opinion, is the best person in Congress. By far. Well, look, everybody gave him so much crap for for the whole Kevin McCarthy thing. And it's like. He just exercised his right to say, look, the Speaker of the House is not a fiscally conservative person. He betrayed us. He passed. He signed off on this continuing resolution instead of, you know, shutting the government down and figuring out, okay, we need to stop spending money. And he's the only man that I know of that got 210 Democrats to vote alongside him. You know, so really. And unfortunately, my congressman buck voted with gates which fine okay but then he turned around and he wouldn't support any of the other nominees that were put up put up because they were anti-ukraine or they wanted to release the j6 footage or you know whatever the case may be he finally settled and voted on uh johnson i don't know what deal was made with him to do that but uh you know to me it's like matt gates is the hero and, you know, people, I mean, that isn't, that is who I want to be sitting next to, you know, and helping is a, is a man like Matt Gates uh, in this process. Because I really think that the best representatives we have today are ones that aren't part of the swamp, ones that weren't, you know, multiple office holders 
before they before they ran for Congress. And so, you know, it's funny because I have people say, well, what offices have you held and have you been at the state level? Why does it matter? You know, I just I'm a business guy. Trump's a business guy. You know, we're the ones that know how to logically think and we're not we're not drawn into the garbage of the swamp. And so, you know, but yeah, Matt Gates is a hero and he has done an amazing job. And I'd love to see more, more of more clones of him throughout the country. And I think there's a lot of great America first uh, candidates running. And I think that, you know, they're I'm hoping that this, you know, nobody's declaring this this race is a red wave, which I'm glad because yeah. every time we do, it kind of backfires in our face. But I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a shift in this country and you're going to see a lot of incumbents that don't aren't reelected because of their positions. And and we're going to see a lot more America first uh, representatives elected next year. Mm hmm. To me, in my opinion, the best people in D.C. right now, and not just in the House, but also in the Senate, are Matt Gates, Rand Paul, Marisha Blackburn, and Josh Hawley. Well, yes. J.D. Vance, J.D. Vance too. I forgot to add him. I yes. probably would have. I probably would have him as the behind, just behind um, uh, uh, Matt Gates and Rand Paul. Yeah, I mean, look, Rand Paul. Uh, what I, you know, I have a newfound respect for that man because of what he's done with COVID and what he's, what he's been able to expose with COVID, what he was able to expose with Fauci. And the fact he's the one that really uncovered the fact that we, we paid for this thing. And, uh, you know, look in my hometown, uh, the, I, I, am advocating to get rid of, uh, the NIH. I think it's a, I think it, it hurts our, it, it, it has been disastrous for the American people and for people across the world with what they did with the bat lab in Wuhan, they turned around and, and, and struck a deal with Colorado state university here in Fort Collins and are putting in a, a bat lab similar to what they have in Wuhan here in Fort Collins. And it's like, and this is all at the hands of the NIH. And it's like, you know, and CSU just, you know, now it's a liberal school. I graduated from there, you know, back in 2009, but it's like, you know, it's definitely not the school it was when I, when I was there. And it's like, now it's in my backyard, you know, and I'm going to fight like hell to get rid of it and to dismantle, dismantle the NIH. Yeah. With you running for Congress, I, I want to ask you this, what's your number one goal? What's like, what's the number one thing you want to get done when you get in, once you get into um Congress? Well, the number one thing I want to do when I get in is help shut the border down on day one. I mean, look, without a border, if we don't have a border, we don't have a country. And it's and we have we you know, that to me is the number one thing that has to be taken care of on day one. There are other pressing issues. But to me, it's like we've got to put we've got to rip the bandaid off this thing. We've got to secure the border. We have to let ICE do their job, remove the illegals that came over here. We have to designate uh, 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 drug cartels as terrorist organizations so we can go after them. You know, we, we've got to clean this mess up. And, and, you know, we have to support states to put their National Guard up along there. We need to assist and help in, in the ways we can finish Trump's border wall. I mean, that's a huge task along, amongst itself. 
but shutting it down on day one is something I want to be a part of because we just have to, you know, and, and a big element that comes out of that is human trafficking, which I'm a big advocate of putting that that's the biggest business worldwide industry. And, you know, I was down at the border a few weeks ago and, you know, I was talking with, um, you know, border patrol agents and I said, Hey, you know, Biden's administration says 85,000 children have gone missing at the border. Is that true? And he says, no, Trent. He said, it's closer to 450,000 since Biden took office because he says, we can't report that. He goes, we see children coming over here all day, every day. And there were when we were there. And, you know, he's like, a lot of them are, you know, not with anybody, you know, they're, they're not with uh, an adult. And so they come in here and he goes, sometimes there's groups from all across the country that come in and get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 children every month, you know, and it's like, I mean, this is huge and we have to put, we've got to expose, I mean, they, they've got to put out Epstein's list. We have to go after those people. And so, you know, I don't care. And that's why, I mean, I, I mean, you know, look, the FBI is corrupt. The department of justice is corrupt. And so, you know, we just, there's a lot of problems, a lot of problems, but really the biggest one we have to do is, is, is secure yeah. the border uh, yeah. on day one. And then I think from there we can tackle, you know, the, the uh, economy and opening up the oil and gas production, which it's not a fossil fuel, even though everybody says it is, it's a natural secretion of the earth. So it'll always be there. And, you know, we've got to get our economy back on track, inflation down, mm. and we got to stop spending money. Yeah. Me, like you, when you were talking about the border, like when you shut it down by shutting illegal immigration down, this is my opinion. And I know it's, I, it might, most people will say this is taking it too far, but this is just my personal opinion. I think you should not, we should not only just shut illegal immigration down, but shut legal immigration down as a whole too, because. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm a big advocate and you got to shut, you got to, you got to put a halt on all the visas. You got to put a halt on anybody trying to come here. And, you know, until we get this, until we get this system cleared up. But yeah, I mean, I've even gone as far as saying, look, we got to get rid of birthright citizenship. We've yeah. got to get the DACA people out of here. We got to get the, all the illegals out of here. Uh, hey, that may be inhumane to some, but it's like, hey, look, you know, I'm, we have to take care of, our, of the American citizens first. We have to take care of our children. And so, you know, which brings me to the point of we can't even as a country agree that our children are off limits, you know, because of what the left ideologies yeah. pouring onto these children, whether it's human trafficking by the right or left or, you know, the fact that this transgender body mutilation garbage is going on and obviously CPS needs to go away. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate of. You know, there are multiple elements of securing our border that that need to be that need to need to take place. And that, that includes legal immigration coming over here with visas. And I'm sorry, but we yeah. got to put a halt to this until we can get things figured out and, and fixed. Yeah. yeah. One of my friends, he told me that um, he thinks this in, in his opinion, he thinks legal immigration is even worse than illegal immigration because even if you like um like um shut the board down completely, there's still people that are going to get across some anyway, no matter mm -hmm. what happens. Some people will, some people are just so smart they will find a way to. 
But mm -hmm. he's saying this because legal immigration, it's something that we're actually fully allowing to happen. And he thinks, and I, he thinks, and which I think this too, we should at least shut the immigration down as a whole for at least at minimum 50 years. Minimum. Like I, no I agree. No one, whole, no one, yes. No one comes I, in or comes out. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Me, the reason is yeah. because a lot of these people, they come over and they get um, benefits from our tax dollars and also they're outvoting us all the time. So those, yeah. that's my main concern, really, right there, particularly well, with the I've, voting. It, well, and I've caught a lot of flack from people who say, you know, well, you just want to round people. I'm like, look, you have to let ICE do their job. You have to get these people out of here. I don't care if they've never broke a law while they're here, but because they did break a law, they broke the law by coming here. That is a crime amongst itself. And so, yeah, maybe once they got here, they've been, you know, so-called law-abiding citizens, but it's like, I'm sorry, but you're not, a, you, you didn't go through the proper process to come here. You have to go back. And, you know, that's one thing that we have to allow ICE to do their job and we have to, as the federal government, I mean, we've got to take away any federal funding to any state, any city mm -hmm. that wants to fight the federal government for actually doing their job. Yeah. And like this is something I, I'm actually curious about what you feel we should do, like not just send like the adults that are coming across here illegally. What about the children that come here illegally and that we don't have and that don't that didn't come with anybody? Like, how, how would you think how do you think we should handle that as well? Because, like, I remember, like, I'm not sure if you saw this, but in New York, they have, like, was it two, two, 20,000 or anywhere from 20,000 to 50,000 um, extra kids in the school districts there? Something along those lines. And the mm -hmm. vast majority of them are Hispanic children that, um, were, that, that, that were just, that were just, um, drove there on buses, taking their own buses, I should say. Well, I think that, in my opinion, I think that we have to, we've, we, we have to, we look. We've got to work with organizations that can help find these parents and help re, you know, help bring them back together because I believe most of those children were trafficked here. And so, you know, is it is it going to be a perfect system? Are we going to find it 100%? No, but I think that we've got to I think we've got to get them we do have to get them out of this country. We do have to work with organizations uh, that can that can, you know, find these parents and, you know, and reunite them with, with their family. I mean, that, that's going to be probably the, the hardest uh, one to tackle because no matter how you do it, you're going to be perceived as being inhumane. Um, but, you know, I, I think that we can work with organizations to help reunite them. And if you've watched Sound of Freedom, you know, there, you know, there are organizations out there that can do it and and you know look i mean sound of freedom proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that human trafficking is real in this country and that you know this country perpetuates human trafficking whether you're in hollywood whether you're the right or the left you know elitist it happens mm -hmm. yeah and particularly there are a lot of people in in government too that are involved in this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you look at what they're like, yeah. I mean, take, take Derek Chavon, for example, you know, the guy who killed, you know, the guy who was on the neck of George Floyd. I mean, you know, now that more evidence is coming out that 
he should be out of jail. What are they trying to do? They're trying to kill him inside the jail because they don't want they don't they don't want the evidence to come out. Yeah, hundred percent agree right there. So yeah, I guarantee you there were more people that Epstein um, did business with in, in 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 the government than that we than we know of. Far more. Oh my gosh! Well, that's why I, they don't want even be. Even beyond Clinton, like Clinton, I think oh, that, that Clinton was just like um he was just like one of the main people, one of the front people that were being shown. There were, I guarantee, there are mm-hmm. far more that were there, far more. Well, and if you look at look, if you look at any of these national organizations, let's take Bill Gates as an example. You know his children organization, whatever it's called. You know the come on, that guy is that guy is a huge human trafficker. I mean, come on, you know. You know, any I, I just feel like a lot of these organizations in the United States that, you know, claim that they're for the children. I mean, you have to look at who they are and their track record. And I'm sure Bill Gates is on that list. And, you know, and so, you know, you look at the CPS system. I mean, that's another system that takes your child away and traffics them, you know, somewhere else. But, yeah, I, I man, I would love I know there's a list floating around there on the Internet, but. I, it can't I, be proven. Yeah, I can't. That's why I don't. I don't post it or acknowledge it because I don't know if it's. You know, I, I want to see the real list. I want to see the actual list. And I think the yeah. American people do too. And I think that's where the deep state comes in. And I think they're going to do everything they can to to keep it keep it away. Like the the the. Epstein list it, it it's not released. The reason it's not released, in my opinion, is the same reason President Trump did not release the fully unredacted JFK papers, because his life would be at risk immediately. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, yeah. no matter what, someone would try to take would try to take him out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And speaking of like um theories like this, um conspiracy kind of stuff. Like um, I talked to you before we started. I wanted to talk about Alex Jones officially being let back on Twitter, man. Um, what have you thought, man? Because Alex Jones finally he's back. Like he was he was a guy that was censored everywhere when he never should have been whatsoever. And he he was a guy that exposed so much weird stuff and so much corrupt stuff that um, it, yeah, it's there's so much there. There's there's so much I could say right there. But what are your thoughts, man? Well, I mean, I was glad to see that Elon Musk caved to that. And I know it went, I know when he first took over, he said he wasn't going to. And so I'm, I'm glad that he made the decision to do it. And I think that's a victory for uh, free speech today by doing that. You know, I mean, you look at what Alex Jones done and uh, has done, and it's like, you know, he's done a lot of, he's exposed a lot. And so it's like, you know, I, I think, I think by him being back on, it's, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And so, you know, I, I, what I would really love for him to do is I'd love for him to hold some sort of, I know that they had a space on there for today on Twitter, but, you know, I'd love to see him do something with the victims of Sandy Hook and help them, you know, uh, help fundraise for them and stuff. I know he's under attack with that and, you know, the, they're trying to come at him to, uh, you know, liquidate his liquidate his properties to to pay him like eight million a year for 10, 10 years or something. So, yeah. I, I think it's a victory for free speech. I don't think we should be censoring anybody. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was 
I, I just I'm glad he's back on. I, I've I've always liked listening to him and hearing him and and what he you know his conspiracies. But I you know I think most conspiracies come true after a while anyway. So yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he. This is my opinion. I I I I don't know if he's going to, but I hope he starts streaming Infowars on Twitter. I really yes. hope he does. Yes. Because that'll reach far more people, mm-hmm. far more people yeah. than just being on his website. Yes. Oh, I do too. I, I, I think his viewership would, you know, quadruple if he was doing it on on uh, Twitter versus. And, I, you know, I think Elon Musk sees that. Uh, you know, he sees it, I think, also as a business opportunity as well, you know, because he's a businessman. Uh, does he need the money? No. But, I mean – Look, Alec Jones has a huge following. You know, there I mean there were already talks today that, you know, he'll probably be, you know, one of the ones that gains a million followers in one week and nobody's, you know, really ever done that before. Maybe Trump has, but um, you know, I think I I'm just glad he's back on. I'd like to see him start doing doing more on Twitter and I'm definitely going to follow what he has to say. Yeah. I think this is just my opinion. The reason Elon allow, allowed him back on was because of when all all the advertisers dropped off Twitter, like they stopped advertising there, and Elon said "f it," and he just let him back on. I think that's what the reason why, because like mm-hmm. it's I think it's a meme now when Elon told told all the advertisers and told Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, "f off." So mm-hmm. it's a I think that's that was the straw that allowed him to say. Screw it! I'll just let him back on because I'm not going to get any advertising anyway. So, yes, yeah, like, like I said, I think it's a business thing for Elon, yeah. and, and I think it'll, and I'll, I think ultimately it'll pay off because Alex Jones is a big deal. I mean, he's a big deal, and a lot of people love listening to him. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Also, I think Joe Rogan may start streaming on um on um, Twitter eventually because. I'm not sure if you're aware, but his Spotify contract is up next month. I'm mean, up next year, I should say, and he's really good friends with Elon. And so, I think I think they're going to turn. El- I think what Elon is going to do eventually is turn Twitter into like a new version of YouTube, pretty much. Yes. Where it's, pri- where it's primarily not of where it's primarily well, it may not be primarily as YouTube is with with videos, but it'll get up there. And I'll still have a lot of the sections where you can say what you want, like I'm comment and make some quotes. But I think overall it's going to become more like a video service. And I think yes, Joe Rogan I, may start doing that too. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, what was it, a year or so ago, maybe two years when Spotify, you know, there was conversations they were going to drop him. I mean, he makes them so much money that they looked at it from a business standpoint. And, you know, I I, I think they're – I mean, I – I think Spotify is going to try to do everything they can to keep him on board, but I, I think ultimately he'll end up at Twitter. You know, he'll end up doing it, doing his show on Twitter versus uh, through Spotify. So I'd love to yeah. see him on. And, and you know, look, love Elon, or love, you know, Elon, whether you love him or hate him, he really did conservatives a favor by buying uh, and, and procuring uh twitter because that really reopened the the voice of the conservative movement and you know helping donald trump with you know actually having you know pro trump pro maga pro america first anti-vaxxers anti-covid people on you know to be able to use the because we've been censored for so long and that's like 
you know, one of the things that I feel like we need to get rid of is what is that section two thirty or whatever it is for the, for the, for the, uh, um, uh, social media deal. It's like, we should not be now. I mean, if, yeah, are there limitations to free speech? Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, you don't want to have somebody on there that's advocating for violence or advocating for, well, you know, well, to hurt people. Technically that's not speech. That's a call to action. Correct. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, it's look, I, I don't think, I don't think Alex Jones, I don't think him being on is going to hurt anybody. I think having Joe Rogan on as well, that's going to be a huge thing. And I think Elon Musk is, is if he's not seriously considering it, he should be. Yeah. Especially because um, Joe Rogan doesn't have Alex Jones on his podcast anymore because Spotify will not allow it. So mm-hmm. we can find, I can, I think we can, if Joe Rogan did go over to Twitter, we can finally get a reunion, an episode where Joe has Alex Jones back on his podcast again. That and would be just, the, yes, that would be the number one watched space. I think that has Twitter's ever had, you know, other than allowing Donald Trump to do a space or something, but having those two on a space together. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would break Twitter just because so many people would be on that. I don't know if they could handle the millions of people that would be on that, be on that space. The space today was crazy. Like you had Elon, Alex, Andrew Tate, Jack, Jack Posobiec, um, who else? Uh, Uh, Vivek was, uh, he was on there. Yeah, he was Uh, on there. Steven Crowder, Uh, Steven Crowder, he didn't speak, but he was in the chat. Um, same thing with Laura Loomer, um, there was so many people. I, I can't even count how many people were there. Yeah, I mean, when I, I jumped on for a little bit and listened, and I mean, I think at that time there was like sixty or 70,000 people on. Uh, and so, you know, I, I didn't stay on. I don't know if it's still going on or not, but, no, it's not. you know, I, I was on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible to listen to those guys talk. Supposedly Vivek had a hot, hot, hot mic moment, I guess, from what I've been what I've been hearing, so yeah. uh, what that is, I don't know, but supposedly there was one with him. But you know, I, I I'm just so glad he's back on, and I would love to see him and Joe Rogan uh, together on a space. That would be incredible. Imagine, imagine Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, um, Elon Musk, and President Trump on us doing something together. Can oh you imagine gosh. how hardcore that would be? Oh, I, I look. I think almost every user worldwide would be on that thing listening to it because that would just be that would be incredible i'd love well, they, to see that i would prefer it be in on video though well te- well elon did oh, say yeah the, absolutely he did, he did say in the space thing that eventually twitter is going to add like um video to the spaces so mm-hmm. yeah but i would actually prefer when i say video like i'm talking about in person like in joe rogan's studio that's what i yes, mean yes 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 that would just get crazy Yes. Yeah. That yeah, would be so. great. Who knows what'll happen? I hope it does, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. I didn't uh I didn't have much else to talk about today because it's it's almost been an hour already. So yeah. Um event because about thirty or so minutes I gotta head head out and go to the bar because I'm I'm watching the Cowboys and Eagles game. So yeah. Ah, so oh yeah, you're a Cowboys fan, huh? Yeah. Been a life I've been one since I was a little kid. Oh, are you from okay, okay. Well, I, I mean, you know, being from Colorado, 
you know, Denver Broncos guy. But I don't really – I don't know. Ever since the whole BLM thing, I haven't got into football <laughs> again. I need to, but – well, um, my college just, team is Nebraska and they, they're horrible. So there's really not much to root for these days. It seems like I just love football too much. So, yeah. 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 Well, All right, good. man. I, I think we're going to wrap this up right here. So, yeah. But, um, before we go, um, tr- um, Trent, um, where can my audience find you at actually? Yeah. So they can, uh, they can follow me on Twitter our X at real Trent Lysy, that's L E I S Y, or they can go to my website, trentlysy.com. You know, this is, uh, I'm looking forward to representing the people in CD4 in Colorado. This is going to be a great day when we win this race. We can finally bring the America First values back, back into CD4. And really, we need to save America again, and we really need to make Colorado great again. And I look forward to to being that person, to be there as a representative for these people. So follow me on Twitter. Follow me. You know, go to my website. Uh, of course, can't do this campaign without donations. So uh, all, all the help I can get would be would be great. So I yeah. appreciate the opportunity, Ray, to be on. And, and uh, yeah. you know, I watch your program and look yeah. forward to – Look forward to being on again at some point. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. you're welcome on anytime you want, man. Anytime. Just let me know and um, I'll we'll schedule it. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and like um, I would actually you, should, you can I think you would love to join my crew. We call ourselves the Maga Bulls. I think uh, you would love to join. Of course, that that sounds amazing. Of course, our, yeah. What we what our crew is? We're full of podcasters or influencers. So yeah, all right. We'd I'd love for you to join our crew and meet all meet all the other guys. Well. We're all, we're all on Twitter. Most of us are on Twitter, so you could like um, meet some of them. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think they would like you a whole lot, and you'd like them. Yeah, I don't know really... if I follow them, so can you just send me their their handles, and I'll make sure I follow. Yeah, sure. sure, and also I can add you to our um to our chat thing because there's a chat where oh, we all yeah, communicate. Oh yeah, that would be great. You. There's a chat where we all communicate with each other. So, Perfect. Yeah. That would be great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Please do. All right, guys. If you're watching this video, make sure to go. Make sure you actually um go and follow um Trent on Twitter because he really needs it. Also, follow go go over to his website and like um and, and like if you can send him a donation because he's an America First patriot and we need more like him in Congress. Also, if you also make sure to hit the like button on this video and subscribe to this channel here on Rumble. Also, follow me on all the podcast platforms because I'm on all of them, particularly on Twitter. My handle is um at Ray Studios um, 29. You can see it right here down below me. Also, follow me on all the podcast platforms too because I'm on all of those. All right, guys. This was Ray and Trent, and this was the Ray Infinity Show podcast. This was episode number 128. Catch you guys later. Peace.